0: Receive the word you have for us, and bring forth fruit for your kingdom, a hundredfold. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. All right, so we are continuing in the book of Acts. If you've uh, been here on Wednesday nights, you know we're going through the book of Acts. You know, uh, if you listened to uh, Pastor Jay's sermon last week, he just said, "If you're in affliction, good." Yeah. Yeah. that's basically the whole sermon so go listen to it if you don't like it right now good, good. good. I'm glad you don't like it right now so continuing on starting in verse 35 now remember the, uh, they've been in prison the, uh, they started praising God their shackles were loose they were free the, the jailer gets saved And so now it says, and it was, and when it was day, so it's the next day, the magistrates sent the officers saying, let those men go. Talking about Paul and Silas, it says, so the keeper of the prison reported these words to Paul saying, the magistrates have sent to let you go now, therefore depart and go in peace. But Paul said to them, they have beaten us openly, uncondemned Romans and have thrown us into prison. And now do they put us out secretly? No, indeed. Let them come out themselves and get us out. And the officers told these words to the magistrates, and they were afraid when they heard that they were Romans. And when they came and pleaded with them and brought them out and asked them to depart from the city, so they went out of the prison and entered the house of Lydia. And when they had seen the brethren, they encouraged them and departed. So what do we have that's going on here? Paul and Silas have been beaten, thrown into prison, publicly, now they are going to be released privately. Paul doesn't like this, so he cries out, Civis Romanis Sum. This is the right of a Roman citizen that he may not be beaten, that he may not be bound by any magistrate, any person, in any circumstance, let alone un- untried and uncondemned. And if the Roman citizen would cry out, civis, romanis, summa, he would be immune from punishment. And there were heavy penalties for those who violated these citizenship privileges. Right? So Paul... What's going on here? Paul says to them, he says to these officers that were sent in the prison with a message about their liberty, and Paul says, I'm a citizen. I'm a Roman citizen by birth. We don't know much about Paul's family, but his his dad probably was wealthy enough to buy this right, so it could have been bought by Paul's dad. And he tells, he says, they have beaten us, the magistrates. Now, not... He's not telling the officers. He's saying the magistrates have beaten us. They commanded us to be beaten. They commanded that so they are guilty. They're the ones that are guilty. This was done openly before everybody. It was public. Everybody saw this. They were uncondemned. They were not tried, nor were they allowed to speak for themselves. They were Roman citizens. Paul says, let them come themselves and fetch us out. Mm-hmm. So Paul stands upon this. This civis romanisum. Let them come and get us out. But not for his own sake. As much for the gospel's sake. It's mm-hmm. good. That it might not be spread abroad that these preachers were wicked men and deserved such punishment. The fact that the public disgrace to which they had been subjected would seriously impede the acceptance of this gospel message. And perhaps raise a prejudice or injury to the new Philippian converts you just remember the house of Lydia, new converts, the jailer in his household, new converts. This was a region that Paul had visited for the first time. It was an unknown, re- they did not know Paul. And so it could have created the opinion that Paul and Silas had led a wicked life. And could have brought a reproach to Christianity and raised a prejudice in the way of spreading the gospel. Because at first glance, when you read that, it appears as if Paul is concerned with his own honor, but we know that this is not the character of Paul. Yeah, that's good. You can read in Philippians 3, it says, yet indeed I count all things lost; All things, that includes his honor, for the excellence of the knowledge of Jesus Christ my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ. Paul said that, and um, I, I found this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, it says, starting in verse 1, it says, for you yourselves know, brethren, that our coming to you is not in vain, but even after we suffered before and were spitefully treated at Philippi, oh, the Thessalonians heard how Paul was despitefully treated. So news travels fast. He says as you know we were bolden our God to speak to you the gospel of God in much conflict for exhortation did not come from error or uncleanness nor was it in deceit but as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel even so we speak not as pleasing men but God who tests our heart For neither at any time did we use flattering words, as you know, nor a cloak for covetousness, God is witness. Nor did we seek glory from men, either from you or from others, when we might have been made demands as apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, as a nursing mother cherishes her own children. So affectionately longing for you, we were pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives, because you had become dear to us. For you remember, brethren, our labor and toil, for laboring night and day, that we might not be a burden to any of you. We preach to you the gospel of God, and you are witnesses. And God also, how devoutly and justly and blamelessly we behaved ourselves among you who believe, as you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father does his own children, that you would walk worthy of God, who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Doesn't sound like somebody that's out for his own glory. Paul's name, character, and influence belong solely to Jesus and the church. He said, read that whole thing right there. So that's what's going on here. What does it mean to you? The, the, the first thing that it means is that you are among wolves. In Matthew 10, 16, it says, behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. And Paul here is experiencing that prophetic fulfillment of Jesus' words to his disciples. And, and, and Christ didn't even say that to Paul. Paul was later on. But Paul now is experiencing these prophetic words of the Lord where he said, Behold, I am sending you out as sheep amidst the wolves. And I'm not sure if you guys realize this or not. But this world has become increasingly hostile to those who follow Jesus. And the world's always been hostile to those that follow Christ. From the beginning, we see that. Paul was beaten openly and thrown into prison for preaching the gospel. Basically doing nothing. (laughs) Hurting no one. Offending nobody. He was gentle. John 15, 18 and 19 says, If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Those are strong. That's a strong word. 1 John three thirteen says, Do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. He said... Not only did Jesus tell you that the world's going to hate you, now John's telling you, why are you marveling at it? Yeah. Uh, it's good. Didn't, I, didn't Jesus already tell us the world hates us? Yeah. Why do you marvel when somebody actually hates you? Not for being a jerk. Right. There's a difference. Yeah. But for actually being in Christ. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys know this, but according to the word of God, it's going to get worse. Yes. Yes. The Bible tells us it's going to get worse. And so, I, I, when I look at the way things are going, I'm very fearful for lukewarm Christians. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because if you won't stand for Jesus now, right. you certainly won't do it when things get hard. Yeah. Yeah. When you get... Persecuted and afflicted. <laughs> if you don't make it to church now, you are not going to come when things get harder. And you're being persecuted and afflicted. And, and, and the Lord has shown me that there's persecution coming for the church. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen it. And I keep hearing the Lord say, you better get on a battleship. Yeah. Yeah. You better get on a battleship. Ships are sinking all over the place. You better get on a battleship. Um, If you've ever heard of a man named Dave Wilkerson, if you haven't, you should go listen to a bunch of his sermons because he was truly a prophetic man, an amazing man of God. And Dave Wilkerson talked a lot about end time stuff. And one of the men asked him one time, he said, "Pastor, Pastor Wilkerson, how do I prepare for the end times? So, how, how do I prepare for the end times? Like, what kind of food do I need to get? What just, and he said, Brother, do you know how to prepare for the end time? You better get it attached to a church. Amen. Because you're not going to make it on your own. That's right. And I was like, Go, Dave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The world is hostile to us. I have been referred to as a bigot. Hateful, a wolf in sheep's clothing, unloving, unforgiving, a cult leader, <laughs> a zealot, hey, yeah. and all this is like basically within my family. And there's, there's probably much more that I'm not aware of. Yeah, that's, right. that's just in my family. Yeah. People, things people have said to my face. And, and I realize I am bold in my witness. I try hard not to be offensive. Um, I'm not trying to offend anybody. My object is to uh, get the word of God out there. Amen. Amen. And, and interesting enough, you know, I, I know I have my little daily on Facebook. And, and, and I've been doing it for probably six years now. But I've only been putting it on Facebook for the last couple years because I didn't want to put it on Facebook. Because then you open yourself up. Yeah. For ridicule and you open yourself up for people to say hurtful things and mean things to you. Yeah, and I mean the Holy Spirit just spoke so very clearly to me about that of mm-hmm. what are you doing it for, Crystal? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's good. good. Yeah. But I have yet to experience that persecution as the likes of Paul. Yeah, amen. Yeah. But it may come to that. Yeah. Jeremiah 12:5, this is one of my scriptures that I hold on to. It says, "If you have run with the footmen and they have wearied you, then how can you contend with horses? And if in the land of peace in which you trusted, they wearied you, then how will you do in the floodplain of the Jordan?" God is telling, this is God's word to Jeremiah. God is speaking to Jeremiah because Jeremiah in this, in this moment right now is, is grumbling, complaining about persecution he's facing. And he said, Jeremiah, right now everything's green. You're in a time of peace. You're facing a little bit of persecution. If you can't handle it now, what are you going to do when the flood comes? Yeah, good. The second thing we have to be wise yes. and often we think Christians have to be doormats and we let, we're supposed to let everyone run all over us but Paul shows wisdom in using the Roman laws to his advantage yeah. 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 Yep. behold I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves therefore be wise as serpents yeah. be wise as a serpent and this wise it means prudent Full of precaution. Possessing practical wisdom. And this is what Paul showed when he proclaimed his rights here. It means a cautious character, discreet and sagacious. Having and showing keen mental discernment and good judgment. So he says, be wise as a serpent... It means having and showing keen mental discernment and good judgment. This this word is not now wise is, is um, in the in the Bible in different ways. It can talk about intelligence and things like that. But this specifically means keen mental discernment and good judgment. It's it's coincidentally it's the same word that's used in the parable of the ten virgins. And if you remember that parable, that there's. 10 virgins that go out, 5 go out with their oil lamps full, 5 aren't ready. And Christ comes at an hour when they least expect it, the 5 that went out with their oil full, their lamps full of oil, they were ready. The other 5 weren't. And so when Christ talks about end time stuff, and this is what He's talking about, is the end time thing, and I'm looking and I'm like, well, that means half of our church isn't going to be ready. Come on, come yeah. on. That should hurt. Yeah. Look at look at your neighbor. Is it you? Because <laughs> that's wise. He said, "You go out." The wise virgins went out, full of oil. Yeah. Their lamps full of oil, they were prepared the whole time. Though this, this wise is the same wise that's used as the wise man who built his house upon a rock and the foolish man who built his house upon a sand. So these, this involves preparation. It involves a, a keen sense of discernment. Between good and evil, alone, the wisdom of the serpent is cunning, and harm, the harmless of a dove is little better than weakness, But this combination of them is necessary. Yep. This combination. Um, if you know anything about a snake, he is very sharp-sighted, it's a cunning creature, and um, the, the snake uses various arts and stratagems for its own preservation, especially of its head. They're very good at camouflage. Like, snakes don't just come out and bite you. That's what I think snakes do, but they don't do that. (laughs) That's what I think they do, but they don't do that. They don't just come out and bite you. They're great at camouflage. So, when, when Christ says to be wise as a serpent, he's not saying to you be like Satan, okay? Let's just take that away. He's saying... That we are to make use of all proper methods to preserve ourselves from the insults and rage of men. Yes. To not expose ourselves to unnecessary danger. And as much as lies within us, we should be careful to give no just occasion for offense or irritation or provoke others to use, wrongful, to use us wrongfully and to avoid all snares and traps. That are laid out for us. That's, good. Amen. That's wisdom. Yeah. To avoid the snares and traps of the enemy. Not provoke others wrongfully. Take no offense. At all. There's been uh, countless stories of Billy Graham and how he would inconvenience himself and others because he refused to be alone with a woman. He was picked up from the airport one time and, and the preacher that was bringing him in said, hey, my assistant's going to pick you up and he's waiting at the airport and a woman showed up and he was like, I'm, I, you're the assistant? And she said, yeah. And he goes, well, I got to wait for somebody else. And she says, what are you talking about? I'm here. Well, that's, that's great. We're going to wait for someone else. I'm not going to be alone with you. Amen. He wouldn't even be alone with another woman in the elevator. Yeah. Amen. That's wisdom. Yes. And, and people think, well, that's just dumb. No, it's wisdom. Yes. That's wisdom. Do not be alone with someone of the opposite sex. It's wisdom. We, 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 try, we practice that in our church. We say, men with men, women with women. Yeah. This is just what we do, it's wisdom. Right. Yes. Has nothing to do with like, oh, you don't think that I can pray for a man? No, you can pray for a man from a distance, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's wisdom yes. to avoid all the snares of the enemy. Yes. Amen. Be harmless as a dove. So he says, be wise, be harmless, be harmless as a dove. At the same time, we have to maintain the innocence and harmlessness of the dove, being free from all wicked cunning and craftiness without bitterness, malice, or wrath, not seeking revenge, but meek and humble in our conduct, leading inoffensive lives and proceeding in the course of our calling, though we are susceptible to many insults and much oppression. Right? And, And Paul allowed them... To wrongfully beat him and falsely imprison him. And he didn't say anything at that time. He allowed it. And look at the beauty that came out of that. We saw last time, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go back, you can go back and listen to it. The beauty that came out of Paul being harmless as a dove. Romans 16:19 says, "For while your loyalty and obedience is known to all so that I rejoice over you, I would have you all versed and wise as to what is good and innocent and guileless as to what is evil." So in, in being harmless, why can you not just let yourself be wronged? Because it's pride. Yeah, come on. <clears throat> yeah. In First Corinthians six, seven, and eight, it says, "Now, therefore, it is already an utter failure for you that you go to law against one another. Why do you not rather accept wrong? Why do you not rather let yourselves be cheated? No, you yourselves do wrong and cheat, and you do these things to your brethren. Come on. Yeah. So, so Paul, you're saying, and he's, there, was, there was there was a lot of problems in the Corinthian church. Go read Corinthians. There's a lot of problems in the Corinthian church, but the believers were suing each other over these matters. Mm -hmm. And Paul says, why can't you just be wronged? And and I love this scripture because he says, you're an utter failure that you cannot work out your differences between each other. It's an utter failure. When we wrong our brother in Christ, we wrong Christ. That's right. When you talk about your brother in Christ, you talk about Christ. When you condemn your brother in Christ, you condemn Christ. When you sin against your brother in Christ, you sin against Christ. And what right do you have anyways to get your own way? Come on. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 says, Do you not know that your body is the temple, the very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit who lives within you, whom you have received as a gift from God, and you are not your own? Amen. You were bought with a price, purchased with the precious and paid for, made his own. So then honor God and bring glory to him in your body. First Corinthians 723 says, You were bought with a price, purchased with the preciousness and paid for by Christ. Then do not yield yourselves up to become, in your own estimation, slaves to men, but consider yourselves slaves to Christ. Yeah. And why can't we just accept being wronged? Yeah. Is your pride that big? Is ego that big? Is it all about you? Do you know what will destroy a church? Selfish ambition. It says where selfish ambition is, every evil thing exists. Paul says it is an utter failure that you can't work out your differences. It's an utter failure that you can't go to your brother and say, I am sorry I wronged you. Yep. Can we work this out, please? And they say, you know what? Thank you for, apo- Thank you for saying, yes, I forgive you. Yep. Yep. It is an utter failure when we cannot extend grace when Christ has done so much for us. Amen. Amen. It, and, and, and I, I don't know everybody's story here I know my story and I know what Christ has forgiven me from right. Amen. I, I know the evil I did yeah. I know the hurt and pain I caused people yeah. I, I know my sin and because of that I owe everything to Christ yeah. Yeah. Amen. I owe him everything that I am And I have no right to stand on any moral ground of, well, I'm right and you're wrong. Why can we not extend that grace that you've been so forgiven from, right? That he extended to you, that you received. Because if you're in Christ, you received it and it was freely given. And you can't do that for a brother or sister in Christ? Because your pride's in the way. Because you have selfish ambition. And where's your love for the brethren? Because the Bible says that if we do not love others, we don't really love God. And love is an action word. Love means forgiveness. Love means grace. Love means mercy. Love means... Man, you know what? I I don't care how I look. I don't don't care how I look to you. I, I will humble myself before you if that's what you need. Amen. Why can't you just be wronged and say, I'm sorry, please forgive me and move on? Are you leading an inoffensive life to the best of your ability? I mean, we're going to offend people with the word of God. That's not what I mean. I'm seeing going out of your way to purposely offend people, purposely insult people, causing no harm or injury as much as it pertains to you. you. Do you try not to cause harm or injury? Or do you bully your way through? Burning precious Precious bridges. Mm-hmm. And the last part of this, he sends us out among wolves or to be wise or to be harmless as doves because our name and our character and our influence belong to Christ and his church. It's so good. Amen. Yeah. Your name, your character, your influence belongs to Christ and and his church because it, it, it may appear as if Paul cared about his own honor but he didn't there's nowhere else in scripture that you can look and, and that Paul cared how he looked to other people Paul cared about his honor but he had a greater honor to protect And not only was Paul keenly aware of his surroundings, he was keenly aware that he reflected Christ and the church everywhere he went. Paul did not care about his own honor, but rather the honor of Christ and how it affected others. Paul cared how it affected others. Paul cared how he looked to others. That's why that was that letter to the Thessalonians. You know, he says, you know how we behave to you. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul had no right to his own life. He gave it up. He said, this life I live, it doesn't even belong to me anymore. It belongs to Christ. Christ. He's my master now. Whatever he says, I will do. Yeah. If he says love, I'm going to love. If he says forgive, I'm going to forgive. Yeah. That's good. And we like the part where Christ, you know, where we're like, oh man, Christ says go and do this and do that. And, yeah, right. oh yeah. This, oh, this is so good. <clears throat> but when it comes to the, you better forgive them. Yeah. You better love them. Yeah. You better show some mercy to them. Whatever we do and say, it reflects on the church. It reflects on Jesus, and it reflects on the church. And I know a lot of people that casually attend our church, and they tell people, I'm a member of Faith and Victory Church. And I'm like, oh. Please don't live like that and go tell people you're a member of this church. Because it reflects on us. It reflects on all of us. We are all one body. It reflects on us. When you go and live like the world, when you post all your party pictures on Facebook, when you're out smoking your doobies and telling everybody, I go to Faith and Victory Church, it reflects on us. When you're out spreading your bad business practices and you're cheating people for money, Uh And you tell people you're a member of this church. It reflects on all of us. Not not just me. All of us. It reflects on all of us. We're one body. There's one faith, one Lord, one baptism, one. We are one church. It reflects on us. What you do affects the whole body. And people don't want to think about that. Well, well this doesn't affect anybody. Yeah, it does. Yeah, come on. Yeah, it, does. it sure does. 1 yeah. <clears throat> Corinthians twelve twenty six. It says, if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Yeah. So if you're suffering, we're all suffering with you. You know, there, and actually, you can see things on people. Yeah. Yeah. If you are keenly aware and you have discernment. I see Pastor Steve shaking his head. You can see things on people. I mean, something's going on with you. Oh, no, nothing's going on with me. Oh, I can see it on you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. True. There's something going on with you. Because why? Because you're a part of the body and it affects us. That's right. yeah. exactly. Amen. It's one Holy Spirit. Yeah. One Holy Spirit here. The same Holy Spirit in you, same Holy Spirit in me. If one member's honored, all the members rejoice with it. Yeah. 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 In 1 Corinthians 5, 6 and 7, it says... Your glorying is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Therefore, purge out the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, since you are truly are unleavened. For indeed, Christ our Passover was sacrificed for us. And Paul was talking about sexual morality going on in the church, and he's like, "Don't you know that what you're doing affects everybody? Yeah. Yeah. When you're bitter, it affects everybody. That's right. When you gossip, it affects everybody." That's right. It's true. These are sobering things. Because yeah. we're one body. It affects all of us. It's true. And I hear people say, oh, that doesn't affect that. How does my, how's what I'm doing affect you? Because we're one body. We're in covenant together. We have the same Holy Spirit. Amen. You want me to laugh with you. You want me to cry with you. And so I tell you there's something going on with you. You're like, no, there's nothing going on with me. Oh, yes, there is. That's good. 1 Corinthians four seven. It says, "For who makes you differ from another? And what do you have that you did not receive? Now, if you did not receive it, why do you boast if you had not received it? Yeah. So now he says, 'What do you have that was even not? What what do you have that was not given you? Yeah. Well, why do you even have? You have no reason to boast at all because nothing that you have is yours.'" Yeah. <laughs> That those gifts and talents, the ability to sing and the ability to play and the ability to preach, those were those those are not of you. Amen. So what do you have that that was given you? Why? How can you boast about that? You don't get honor for that. He gets honor for that. Amen. Amen. Our honor, our character, our name, our influence, our gifts, all talents, all belong to Jesus and the church. You're not your own. It was given to you. The basis for Christian humility is to realize that the endowments that we possess are from God and that we are, we possess no superiority, status, or pride. Yeah. All that we have and all that we become are made possible by the Holy Spirit and His operation within within other believers in His church. So now, not just possible by the Holy Spirit, but possible through other people as well. It's not. It's not just this. It's this. There's no place for pride, but only gratefulness to God and others for their role in our life. Civis Romanus sum. Uh-huh. What do we need to take away from this? I don't know. The Lord spoke something to you. Right? Because the Lord spoke things to me. Yes. Amen. Let's just take a minute and reflect on this. Matt always says I re-preach my closing, but I'm not going to. So let's take a minute. Preach, closing Preach my closing prayer. <laughs> re-preach my closing prayer. I, I do, I, I always like to give the Holy Spirit a chance to minister, minister to us the things that he was speaking to you tonight. <clears throat> and if there's, if there's things that you need to change, if there's things you need to get rid of, if there's things you need to adapt in your life, then let the Holy Spirit do his job. Let the Holy Spirit do his job. I just want to take a minute. <clears throat> yeah, Angie's coming up. Sorry. awkward silence a little bit of music <clears throat> as you sit there and talk to the Lord I just want <clears throat> to open up the front if there's anybody here that does not know Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior you've never repented of your sins you never turned away from your past the Lord is here The Bible says that neither is there salvation in any other name for there is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. I talked to the ladies at Bible study yesterday and God just spoke this to my heart. Grace is only available in Christ. Because outside of Christ you get the wrath of God. His grace is is only made available to us in Christ. That's where we have forgiveness of sins. That's where we have mercy. That's where we can be fully enveloped in him and born again. It's only in Christ. If you do not know him, I just would like to invite you to come forward and someone pray with you. If you've been far away from him, You're like, I I have been a prodigal. I have found my way into a pig slop, and I want to come home today, and he's here. He's here to meet you. If you need prayer for that, the altar's open. If not, go to somebody and say, Would you pray with me? And just let the Holy Spirit minister to you right now, just a few more minutes. Let him speak to you. If you need to be wise, if you need to be harmless, if you've forgotten that your name and honor and character and life belongs to Christ, if you've gotten out ahead of him, He's so merciful. says that God is slow to anger and plenteous in mercy he is merciful and a word like this sometimes hurts and it should because the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than the two-edged sword it should hurt and that conviction is good and it's cleansing Let the Holy Spirit cleanse you let him do his work Lord Father I just want to thank you for this beautiful church God help us to create and sustain a spirit of unity God one mind and one accord Lord that we prefer others better than ourselves that we walk in humility in wisdom and in harmlessness God that we would truly be a Philadelphia church, God, without spot or wrinkle, beautiful and glorious, a bright shining light to this whole area. Father, we thank you for your word tonight, God. Continue to speak to us by your word, Lord, that we would leave here and that word would not be stolen away from us, God. Protect that seed, protect that word, Father. And we just give you praises and glory and honor in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So get your kids. Ladies, we have a women's event Friday night at seven. A through L, bring it, is it A through L?